You see, people collect all kinds of things. New, old, priceless, worthless. Darling, it doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. Those mothballs shouldn't get to keep all the secrets. This is the Mothball Prophecies. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Mothball Prophecies. Today we're talking to somebody that I have known since the sixth grade when she was a new student at my school. And when I tell you she rocked that school, that is an understatement. (laughs) She is somebody that has owned a true sense of herself from the moment I met her. I feel honored to be in her home today interviewing her about some of the coolest shit that she has. Welcome to the show, Donnie McGiff. Hi. (laughs) Thanks, Sam. Hi. Welcome. Hi. And you, well, you welcomed us in today, and you have a beautiful brand new baby. I do. Five weeks old. Oh, and he's just a doll. Adorable. And her toddler is the biggest helper. That little Miss Parson. Yeah, she is. Your kids are so cute. Everything you have is so cute. Thank you. How has it been adjusting to two? Uh, bro, a lot easier than adjusting to one. Oh, that's so good to hear. Uh, Yeah, she's she's really helpful. I think it probably helps to know. To have a little bit of age in between the two, for sure. I think if I had any less amount of time between the two, it, it would be a little bit harder. Yeah, I would agree. Because Parsons potty trained, right? Yes. And that was something I like. I worked really hard at that. And we made it like two weeks before he came. Oh, nice. <laughs> what, nice. what method true. did you use? Did you do that? Uh, just a sticker sheet and get your shit together. <laughs> I know we are, we're headed down that path. My son, we were at my dad's cabin a couple weeks ago and he was like, mom, potty. And I was like, what? Who are you? You've never asked You're me like, that. You're like, wait a minute. How do you know that? So we went in the bathroom, started taking his pants off, climbed up on the potty. And I was like, oh, you're ready. Okay. Yeah, it's time. Well, now he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Now he's like, potty who? He like tried it out, didn't like it, went back to the way it was. Yeah, he's like, who's that bitch? I don't know her. <laughs> Never knew her. He has no interest. And then he acts like he's going to fall into it. And I'm like, because I turn him around backwards on it. It is so kind he, of scary. I mean, you think about. I think of all the times I fell into the toilet because I have all brothers, no sisters. The toilet seat was up all the time and I'd wander in there at night and then just called ass. Yeah. Slam dunked. Right like the it. well, fall into the well. <laughs> well, it's, speaking of siblings, uh, Donnie, you come from a large family. Yeah. And it's a little bit of a mix. Where it do you is. fall and how many siblings do you have? It is weird. And I had to like sit and count and I don't know what final number I ended up even giving you. I think it was like 10 or 11. Yeah. Oh my. What? Did 10. I? Okay. So... We'll fact check it. Yeah. (laughs) My oldest sibling is adopted and his name's Ramon and he's African-American. Oh, I didn't know. Uh, I knew you had. I always heard, saw you refer to him as a brother. Yeah. So, I mean, our family just kind of adopted him. He was in a a rough position at home, his home life growing up. Um, So he was, I think he was, I mean, kind of a a preteen when he kind of became part of our family. And then I've got Mariah, Rosie, and Oli. Mm-hmm. Leah, Ben, and then I am the next one. So number seven, mm-hmm. am I? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm yes, trusting yes. you. And then uh, my mom had uh, three more. Is that oh. right? Am I? You could literally tell me any. I know we I would believe anything oh, you said right now. I got <laughs> step siblings too. So like, I have I have two half brothers and two step siblings. <laughs> So it's just a year's mine and ours, like yeah. the literal 
Brady Bunch, Partridge Family, yeah. <laughs> the Waltons, yeah. I mean, all of it above. Well, and the thing is, too, is like uh, none of you were ever in the same house. No, yeah, no, it was kind of interesting because my parents split up when I was probably a year old. I don't really remember them being together, but we'd go back and forth between parents, too. You know, that's just what happens when. You know, you get sick of one parent, you go to the next yeah. parent. Yeah, you know? yeah. I come from a. My parents got divorced when I was eight, so I totally. Yeah, it just seems like, like a normal life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, um, you started antiquing as a child. Did you spend like part time with your mom, part time with your dad? Whose house did you? I lived with my mom mostly until I think I was about thirteen. Until I was like able to choose. Yeah. Um, so I lived with my mom and got to visit my dad every other weekend, but my mom was happy to let me go whenever I wanted to go. So I went a lot. That's very cool. And my dad was the junker, you know, he's a hoarder by nature, but a collector at heart. And so it was just all around me all the time. And did you spend a lot of time? Like, where did you guys go to pick? Was it traditional like antique stores or was it anywhere that you could maybe no, find he, something? No, uh, estate sales a lot. Um, the dump, like wherever. Uh, yeah, garage sales, estate sales, uh, auctions. He, we went to a lot of auctions. I just participated in my first auction. It was online, an antique auction, and they were just doing oddities. Oh, fun. And I almost got a prosthetic leg, like from the 1910s. <laughs> yeah, cool. For $45, and then I was too cheap because the shipping was going to be crazy. Oh, it's I'm It's the shipping I'm that cheap. makes me, like... I'm like, yeah. And then you see the shipping. You're like, oh, maybe not. Yeah. It was like almost another 50 bucks to ship it. And I was like, not really? Yikes. Oh, not a chance. So you started with your dad. You got a cool collection started for you that I don't think a lot of people have. Your dad's into birth here. Yeah. He was born in 1956 and it's like his largest collection. Um, I mean, he collects coins, uh, any memorabilia, vehicles. From his, like everything you could imagine from his birth year, he collects. So growing up, it was like anything 1956. And I mean, it's a pretty cool year. Yeah. yeah uh, it I is, mean, in vehicles, yeah. in guitars, in all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. it was kind of fun. Your dad was that old. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that, like, I come old. from a big family. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Which that's one way to remember your parents' birth year. Well, yeah, that's like super easy. I have. Yeah, no I don't know my mom's. What my parents are? Well, she didn't collect the right shit. <laughs> I know. Right. So you're just like, mom, sorry, you're out of you're it. You're like, eh. um, do you feel like you pull from a certain decade because of that? Yeah, my dad was really influential uh, musically, and as far as like my picking side and stuff like that. So. For sure. I think I, I I pull that way. I don't know about you guys, but like I feel like I was not born in the right the right era. In high school I'd get like sad, physically mm-hmm. sad and emotional over just thinking about not being able to be a part of these cool things that I would like learn about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have felt that way from like a very young age. Like I just have always been pretty eclectic and loud and I've always been interested in weird shit. And I just have always felt like a pull to a different decade more than the one I was born into. And I don't know if that was like wonderlust as a young kid coming from like a broken home or just that. I don't know, but it's always felt like a deep calling to be like, my decades would probably be like, I don't anything really from the early 1900s to the fifties. Like the Victorian era is a huge. Yeah. I see you kind of pulling from a little yeah. bit earlier. Cause I'd probably put myself in like the fifties to 
70s era. That is, yeah, 100%. I would put you like mid 60s to 70s for sure. Yeah. And what's yours? I don't know. See, so I grew up in the Air Force. So I, it was like, I don't really pull from a certain decade because it's just like, I just went with the flow. I'm a flow kind of person. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is what I'm doing now. And right now it's like the 1920s. I really love the anything mid-century, modern, that kind of stuff. So I'm kind of getting into that myself a little bit. And it's, it's proving to be a little bit harder to collect because people care more about collecting now than I feel like they've ever cared. Agreed. Agreed. Things are getting expensive. It's hard to find certain things. Yeah, and it so. always like it makes me mad when I see something. They're like, I'm like that. There's no way in hell that piece costs that much. Mm-hmm. No, and I'm I'm cheap anyways when it comes to collecting. Like I like I like the the hunt. Yeah, right. Finding something for it's a like good modern deal. day treasure hunting. Yeah, really. Yeah, it is. And I always I I get I don't know why I get pissed off, but like when I go to like in a state sale or a thrift store and they're trying to charge full retail. Oh, it's frustrating. Oh it's like an gosh. antique store price. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not I'm not looking for this in an antique store. I didn't go to eBay. I'm not to, on Etsy. You came to the DI. Literally. I came yeah. to get a good deal. <laughs> yeah. And the reason, like, there's a thrift store in town that's notorious for overcharging. And I'm just like, no wonder you guys don't move any shit out of your store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody's, nobody wants well, to. Well, and I don't price. even go to, I don't even go there because it's no. like, it's yeah. not worth my time. Oh, I have a piece from there that it was a really irritating thing for me. Uh, that they want $125 for this, this print of a deer and it's beautiful. And I fell in love with it. And of course they see the price. Like I'm thinking $12 and 95. Like I'm looking from yeah. far yeah, away. Yeah. No, $125. Out of their mind. And then I re, I do a little research and I realize, all right, so it's worth about $150, but I still was like, this is crazy. This was donated. Yeah. Well, yeah. I ended up. Yeah, a, a couple of friends pulled together and got it for me, and awesome. ended up getting it. I think for like ninety, but I still was like, "This is the most ridiculous thing." Well, and I think because thrifting and stuff is becoming a little gentrified, mm-hmm. it was never meant to be what it is today. It was meant to help members of a community that yeah. economically suffer and can't afford to buy basic necessities. For sure. That's right. what thrift stores are supposed to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's and that's why it's so great to find good shit. But then you you weasel out the corner of the population that relies on them to live and that's what just uh, that's what disgusts me about it is cuz yeah, it is like, pretty sad cuz yeah. 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 Yeah, agree. I'm like let me just bring but the mood down. But there's a lot of people too that I mean they make their living off of hunting thrift stores, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And yeah. picking and digging through yeah. stuff and when you yep. when you're bringing the prices up to retail they can't make any money they can't resell it for that no no and it you find it or it was donated so whatever you put a price on it you're making a profit yeah for sure yeah well and one of the things i that you collect currently i feel like has a huge resurrection and that's vinyl yeah that's actually been really sad for me because uh, i've always been able to score vinyl uh, and it's it's hard to score now like i i really truly have a hard time finding vinyl anywhere i have some vinyl that i think should live at your house i'd, I'd love it I'd love i have it. the original i think it's the first pressing of the Joni mitchell blue album oh that i got at an estate sale for a dollar that's my thing is like finding the the right price and finding it in a pile of dust like one of my biggest record scores was under a lot of cat shit and a lot of dust I did not feel physically well after coming out of that basement, mm-hmm. oh but I hit the mother load. But nowadays I feel like it's more like if I want something specific, um, and I've, I've, my, my collections expanded enough too that 
I, there are just specifics that I want. I don't want to like have just junk in my collection anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's hard because then it's just jumping onto eBay and finding something or buying it brand new. Cause even brand new vinyl is, it's, it's a higher grain. It's a better quality vinyl. And so when did you start collecting vinyl records? How old were you? I think I was probably like, I don't know, between 10 and 12, somewhere around there. What was your first, do you remember what it was, your first one? It was my dad's, and it was probably, oh, a Beatles album, or like in the in the God of Davida. I remember that one sticking out because it was like so mind-blowing mm-hmm. to me that they made music like that, mm-hmm. uh, and that they made it, you know, when my dad was a kid. <laughs> right, in the Stone I knew there was like yeah. metal and like <laughs> shit like that around, but I didn't know that they made it that back then well yeah i mean just that era of music is so cool because it's that i mean everybody was on acid and all sorts of psychedelics they were just like let's just fucking write oh yeah i mean that album specifically is like a drug trip yeah i remember watching probably in middle school or high school when pop-up video was still a thing watching the pop-up video yeah. for Inagata <laughs> Davida and I was like what and then it was I think again on was it I love the 70s or 60s or when they used to do that on VH1 yeah those were the best yeah the best I loved those <laughs> you learned so much and I remember being like super pissed off that I couldn't read faster at pop-up video I'm like you're going <laughs> yeah. too fast bro I know I need them to bring it back because now I can pause you can find it on YouTube read. oh yeah I bet yeah. everything's Brilliant. on YouTube yeah. now everything what's your like favorite vinyl that you have um it's new stuff i've kind of recently been into kind of this newer music but it's artists that are um recording and producing though you know the old ways uh analog uh i, I don't know exactly how well, I should... kind of, doesn't jack white have a studio that he like yeah yeah he does so, everything like old school i'm super kind of getting into that stuff and so it's been a lot of like alt country and like outlaw country kind of stuff but it's real instruments it's antique instruments and it's they're they're doing things the way that don't be shy I think say his name i know culture wall <laughs> <laughs> but it is I'm, I'm so i'm super into into a lot of that so i've been tyler childers and sturgill simpson and some of those guys because they're doing the old thing but making it so fresh and that's mm-hmm. been really and how fun. music should sound yes yep mm-hmm. really yeah. because it is and it's they're putting art. out vinyl like that's so it's fun. Like I just pre-order their vinyl and it it's really been fun to see a lot of people go back to the, the old ways. And it makes the music just that much richer to listen. Yeah, to. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Totally. There's something I mean, there's something about flipping over a record and knowing that you have to listen to every song on it. Like yeah, it, and a skip. new appreciation for the whole album, you know. Because you have to listen to all of it. You can't just skip mm-hmm. to your favorite song. Like you're listening to all of it. It's kind of nostalgic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sure. causes you to pause. Yeah. Yeah. So you started collecting vinyl. What were some other early collections that you have? What did you lean towards or continue to kind of lean towards now? Uh, mushrooms. I've collected mushrooms forever. Um, and I don't even know when that started. I think it started, I had a cousin named Mary Jo, and she made me just some mushroom figurines out of that clay that you'd bake in the oven. The polymer clay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And I thought they were so cool. We made a whole bunch of those together. And then it just kind of spiraled from there with the mushroom thing. And it got into antique mushrooms. But I think kind of the first start to collecting was more my dad wanting me to want to collect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he, he bought me a couple magazines for my birth year because he's so into birth years. And that's kind of where it all started for me, I guess. What was your first magazine? It was a Rolling Stones magazine, a special edition on uh, Let's Up on. And you love Led Zeppelin. They're my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Was that something that, because of that magazine, they're your favorite? And it's such an innate part of your history? Probably a huge, huge part of it, actually. Yeah, I mean, I have a tattoo on my back dedicated to Led Zeppelin. (laughs) I love that. I think that... I love having a favorite thing. And I think it's kind of overrated sometimes. Like, people are like, oh, you have so many favorites. But when you... Have a favorite like that, like something that's been a, it's a part of your history and of who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Like I started, my first thing that I started collecting was frog figurines. And like, that's now my like animal and everything. Time I see something with a frog on it, I'm like, I have to get it. It's my yeah. brand. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have like some cool Led Zeppelin vinyl? Yeah. Yeah. I think I've, I'm probably missing four or five and I probably got a good eight. So. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. But it's fun. That kind of stuff is finding those because I've never just bought one of those but some things are important to me to find and Led Zeppelin albums was one of them because I've just never I've never bought one unless it was me finding one I've never just bought one on the internet I guess oh that's cool that's what I'm saying so, so they've all been them. I found them in their natural state in their natural habitat yep. that's <laughs> so cool to find yeah, I'm, that just makes it so much better. I think so, too. To find it in the wild and not just from yeah. an eBay listing. Yeah, because that's, yeah, I don't, I can't say that I, I think I started getting more into vinyl within the last like three or four years, but it was like my, my house, we didn't listen to a ton of music. Like my mom had four CDs she'd cycled through and that was, right. and then my brother is 10 years older than me, nine and a half years older than me. And he was my music influence. So when he was in high school and I was nine years old, riding in his pickup truck, we were listening to like Guar and No Effects and Me First and the Gimme Gimme nice. and all that stuff. And I thought, what I was, an influence. I know. I thought I would. And so he is probably my biggest. Like we're a huge Coheed and Cambria fans, my brother and I. So we have all that. That's our bonding thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's a fun. Little early to find. I like yeah. that you said Gore. I mean, that's some of the craziest. Have you yeah. ever been to a Gore concert? No, but I've heard about it from my brother. And they're <laughs> fucking wild. Yeah. <laughs> he went during the Bush presidency, and they had a giant Bush oh, doll wow. on stage that like sprayed blood all over the crowd. Like when you're Jill is <laughs> mortified. No, like I mean, what? I was told to wear a white T-shirt because you're they you're covered from head to toe in like. Green, red, blue, what I mean, whatever they're covering you in. So they're, they're, we'll have to fact check. Yeah. It, okay. Their lore is like the whole band from Guar is from a different planet. My brother is turning over it, his house. He's <laughs> physically screaming probably right now. Sorry. But they, they're, they have a whole story behind them and characters and the band members are all in costume and like full special effects applications and everything. It's intense. Like that they'll like, like have big machinery that like comes and like picks people up out of the crowd and like spits them backstage. Like it's crazy. Or they oh bring gosh. out like <laughs> lifelike looking celebrity mannequins that they mutilate on stage. <laughs> Sounds like a party. Is what it, it is. I'm surprised. I've I've never heard of them. 
Like I'm surprised I have I don't think they're very popular. Subculture. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Growing up, I did. I listened to everything. Like I grew up listening to Pink Floyd, Twisted Sister, White Snake, like all those. Like my husband, <laughs> I give him crap because he's never heard of any of them. Oh. That seems crazy to me. Like yeah, like uh. w- w- my friends and I would play the music and we'd be like rocking out, and my husband's just sitting in the corner like. Is this a new band? And oh, we no. just like stop and be like, what? record screech. What? Yeah. No. My uh that's my husband with popular music. He went to private Christian school until his freshman year of high school. So we were one night we were playing beer pong in our early twenties and we were listening to nineties and two thousands Pandora station. So it was like there was like Petey Pablo, Nelly and Ja Rule and Missy Elliott and all this stuff and me and my brother and my sister in law. We're screaming the lyrics at the top of our lungs. And my bro- my husband's like, what is this? <laughs> and I was like, you don't know Petey Pablo? You don't know that you're supposed to take your shirt off, twist it around <laughs> your head, spin it like a helicopter? And he's like, no, I never heard this. I'm like, <laughs> you just want to take them and be like, you poor child. I should have screamed him better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Red flag, red flag. Right. Red flag, <laughs> right. red flag. Well, my cousin, we were talking um, in the air tonight, was playing by Phil Collins. And I looked at her. She's like seven or eight years younger than us. I looked at her and I went, do you know who this is? And she goes, yeah, this is what Mike Tyson sings in The Hangover. And I was like, get out of my <laughs> face. Get out of my face. She's like, what? I was like, it's Phil fucking Collins. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get a pass go. It's a shame. It is a shame, actually. It's a shame. So when you started your, well, go back to your mushrooms and your, your psychedelics. <laughs> Did you? So the merry mushrooms that you collect... Or the 1970s, they were a Sears. Sears and Robux, yeah. I wonder, they probably came with a catalog. Oh, yeah, like a huge... I, I really want a catalog because it's oh, look, it's I really cool sometimes. to see what they were selling. Because um, there's little pieces that I'm like, I've never seen that. I've never even seen that on eBay. Like where? Well, and even just doing them. Like the history for it for this episode... There's not really a true written history of the Merry Mushroom. Like, really? It all just links, like, there's little blips and factoids about mm-hmm. it, but it is uh, high in value right now. Yes. Holy shit. Yeah. And, but I mean, when you start, that's what I love about it. When you started collecting it, it was not, that wasn't something you were after. No. So I remember I was 14. I think I was, I think I was 14. So I remember I had just gotten my license and I don't think I was able to drive at night. So I was probably between 14 and 15. And I went into the big antique store that's like an old grain building or what oh, is it? Oh, track side. Oh, yeah. yeah. The track side. And it was on this, the second floor. And I fell in love with it. And my dad had a booth there. And so the owner was really cool. And, you know, if I was ever there and needed something to do, he'd pay me to sweep floors or whatever. Oh, that's cool. And so I found that and I wanted it so bad. And I asked him if he'd you know, hold it for me or if I could kind of put it on layaway. And he told me I could put it on layaway. So it took me two paychecks and I gave him my whole paycheck because <laughs> I was working for my dad at the time and it was 300 bucks for everything. And I remember thinking that was a lot of money to me, Yeah, yeah. but it was, I mean, the spice rack, which is a very high valued item, probably eight of the jars, a whole bunch of the collection. And so it was worth every penny to me. So do you like, is the set almost complete? Or are you still missing like a couple? Pieces? Oh, I will. I don't think I'll ever be complete. Um, there's so many pieces of the Mary Mushroom collection. I mean, they have drapes. They have like big, like light fixtures. They have 
Holy shit. All sorts of stuff. I didn't think it went past the canister. No, I oh, thought no. it was just There's that. Tons, tons, and tons. Like, I have a crock pot. I have a Mary Mushroom crock pot. What the fuck? Yeah. Holy shit. It, it goes on and on and on. I'm just on. picturing the one house in the neighborhood that the mom was like, listen, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> we're buying every goddamn piece of the Mary Mushroom collection. Uh, that bitch across the street. <laughs> she's not going to one up me again this year. So my kitchen is orange and Brian, I mean, I we remodeled our entire kitchen, gutted it and redid all of it. And my husband was very, very scared to let me paint my kitchen orange. But I just told him, you know, it's going to match these mushrooms perfectly. <laughs> and it does. It really does. It looks it does. amazing. Well, and actually. they don't look um, dated in your kitchen because that color scheme from the 70s. Yes, agreed. Uh-huh. Why does it always feel hot? Like, you know, when you walked into those houses that were that color and it was always Probably because there was shag carpet everywhere. (laughs) And paneling. And it was a little hazy. Yeah. They had tweed curtains. Generally. So do you use them or do they, are they just, are they just They're just aesthetics. They're all really breakable. It's, it's all ceramic and it's pretty breakable. Like a lot of my pieces are glued together and. Are you, do you ever get nervous with your toddler like I do about some of my stuff? Yes, but I have kind of uh, told myself I just have to let go of that. Um, she's pretty good. If I tell her not to, but she did break one of them. I, of course, lost my shit mm-hmm. and felt like a terrible mom. And she's never touched it <laughs> ever again. So oh, I, uh, it's yeah. probably fine. <laughs> But I did. It was a good learning experience for me because I was like, I ah, these are totally things and I need to not because I was pretty sad over it. It was one of my littlest jars. So they always got broken. Mm-hmm, and I really yeah. kind of cherished this little jar. But she obviously did, too. <laughs> Before I had kids, I had antiques everywhere in my house. And oh, all everywhere. my vintage stuff. It was every nook and cranny. And now it's like the first three feet in my house. Yeah. Is dead space. Yep. Yeah, it's like you lose a part of yourself when you have small children because you're hiding everything. And then people come in, they're like, so do you decorate? It's like, <laughs> it's all hidden behind the closet. No, we're going with the Montessori method of like, decorating. It's very simplistic. <laughs> we're just free. Yeah. If you see there, there's a, I think that's a cheese stick that was left underneath the bookcase. From three days ago. From three days ago. <laughs> a bottle. Mm-hmm. It's been there for years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So with your children, do you have you started collections for them or do you see them trying to like like your daughter going to like one certain thing all the time or anything like that? Of course I have. (laughs) (laughs) Of course I have already started collecting for them. Yeah. Uh, That deer picture. um, I'll have to go. I'll have to show you guys. It's so beautiful. Um, But that deer picture kind of got me on a little kick for Parson and, and deer. And so I've collected some deer antiques. Um, but she's got some old cross stitches that my husband's mom thought that he was going to be a little girl. And so she did these beautiful Holly Hobby cross stitches. Oh. My husband's 45 years old. So these things are 45 years old. Yeah. Um, and they're beautiful. And so little things like that I've, I've collected for her, but obviously a lot of family heirlooms too. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the my little boy, I guess I haven't really started anything there yet, but something will come. 
Right. And I, you know, I feel, I always feel pulled to a certain like antique or vintage item. I don't know that I've ever walked in somewhere and been like, that's cool. It's always something that I'm like, oh, that feels like the person I want to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has yeah. an emotion attached to it. Mm-hmm. That's a really good way to look at Cause that's how it is when I pick out my platters or anything. I always, I'm automatically like, oh, I know the perfect cake that's going to go on this platter and I'm going to serve it for this holiday. Like, right. It's like yeah. a montage of your future yeah, self. <laughs> so you've got great like corny wear and stuff. I have or... a lot of Pyrex and depression Fun. glass and that kind Fun. of stuff. Like, I don't have a big enough kitchen. I have a very small kitchen, so I cannot collect <laughs> glassware. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I have to tell. Right now we're in a small apartment because we're building. So I have to tell myself I can't buy anymore because my husband keeps finding them. <laughs> And He's then like, I'm what is this? Her. And I'm like, I don't know. It just, I don't know. It just it was there the whole time. Yeah. And then I'm like, if you want, you can keep a box at my house in the garage. <laughs> and nobody has to know. Just bring it a piece at a time, like a little yeah. mouse. She's like, this is from Sam. She got it as a housewarming gift. <laughs> I know. Ethan, she- don't listen to this. <laughs> don't listen to this episode. Well, my, because my grandmother did something similar to your dad. And like, because I'm the only granddaughter. So as soon as she found out that I was going to be a girl... I mean, I have like boxes of depression glass that she bought for me that I had no idea she was buying for That's me. That's cool. She bought me like my cake server and knife was from Lamont when it was going out of business and it's Lennox. Like, and I just, I will, I will go to her house. She gave me when I interviewed her, she gave me these two candle holders. One is like a 1950s ceramic angels. And then the other one's just like a metal like die punch angel but she was like do you want those because i was like those are really cute she's like do you want them and i'm like that's my favorite i wish my dad (laughs) trench art is something that is kind of been a newer collecting item for him and he's always collected it but he's kind of got super into it lately and that's just artillery shells that have been um because they stamped it out hammered in the the trenches yeah yeah. just because well they couldn't do anything else exactly boredom things they could bring home for you know a souvenir kind of a thing uh, so he's got a bunch of that, and he's been cl- coin collecting my whole life. Um, he collects tokens from Idaho, like trading oh, tokens. Oh, that's cool. I didn't even know that was oh. a thing. Um, and that's kind of, oh, it's like a huge thing, actually. And they can get really, really expensive because a lot of them were wooden or, you know, oh, wow. biodegradable kind of material. So some of them, like, there's only one or two known to exist. Oh, that's cool. Kind of a thing. Holy crap. Uh, but and he was a scoutmaster too, right? Yep, collected tons of scout memorabilia, um, and that's gotten really collective over the years. Didn't used to be very collective. He could he could pick that up by the boxfuls at yard sales or the yeah. DI I remember running across like that all the time when we were in high school of just like badges and everything that you could. I mean, you could build a scout at the DI. Yeah. Totally. Well, then it was trendy when we were in high school to wear a scout uniform oh yeah i still wear some of those green scout shorts they're like my favorite camping shorts because they got the big old front pockets oh, yeah for you all the utilitarian stuff you needed yeah. to fucking <laughs> totally. your fort whatever i need yeah. a beer yeah. <laughs> only the important things there's yeah. options you have to we went huckleberry picking this morning and it was like nine o'clock and my brother was like why didn't we pack any beer and i was like because i was packing the cooler at 6 30 and that seemed excessive <laughs> So I was not going to do that. (laughs) And your dad collects Uh, other military memorabilia, too. Yeah, so he's uh, been collecting guns my entire life. Uh, He always taught, like, a hunter safety uh, 
So antique guns is like something he's super into. And he's got one of the largest uh, ammo collections in the U.S. Uh, for antique ammo. I mean, he's got ammo for stuff that they don't even have guns for anymore. So it's my whole life's been pretty interesting as far as like his collecting because it's always changed drastically as to whatever he's what he's feeling at the moment i wonder if my grandfather knew who he was my grandpa was a huge gun enthusiast and he participated in all the forums and stuff online and oh i'm sure he probably was and my dad was like at every gun show i mean we would travel all over so do you like what's your antique bucket list item well i need the butter the butter dish from the mary mushrooms collection and that's a big bucket list item for me um, I think they always got broken because butter dishes are used so heavily. Right, every day. Yeah. So I I have not found one for under like sixty dollars. I just can't spend that much on a butter oh, dish. And yeah, I hate that when I see something, I'm like, oh my god, that's the one I want, and it's uh, like, shit, that's really expensive. I'll just wait. Yeah. <sighs> and vinyl. I mean, vinyl forever. Anytime. There's lots of vinyl bucket list items for me for sure. Yeah. I'd love a Flying Burritos Brothers album that's like an original that I found. Um, my little girl is named after Graham Parsons and he's part of, was part of the birds and the Flying Burrito Brothers. And it just, so if I found some of those, that'd be really fun. And my little boy is named after Towns Van Zant. And if a Towns Van Zant album, I don't think I'll ever be able to find one of those. But if I did, that'd be. That'd probably be like my biggest bucket list item as a Towns Van Zandt. And would you listen? Would you use them or would you frame them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got to. Like, I'm I'm a firm believer in use, you know, I I don't have things that I can't see or use, you know, and love. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in that. We're both in that same camp. And there's, I find, and I don't know if it's because you and I are both hairdressers and we have people that sit in our chair that go like, I don't want to cut it off. So-and-so likes the length or I feel, and I think that has kind of driven my attachment to certain things of like, it's just things, it's just stuff. I, I can't put it on this pedestal of importance and not use it. And then it breaks and I'm sad that I didn't use it. Right. That's the thing is like, there's, you're always sad that you didn't get to love it. Yeah. Now why is something sitting in a box? Right. Like my grandmother's house. I mean, we were taught from like a super young age that was like hands in pockets, don't touch anything. And I've said in another episode, like there's so much stuff in that house that has just sat in a cabinet for 40 years. And it's all, it was like, I guess, early starting out in collecting, it was like, um, this is what I thought people, everybody collected was what my grandma collected. Right. Yeah. You have a perception. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, everybody in that generation seemed to collect the same thing. And, like, now it's, like, you don't know what anybody collects or why they collect it. and mm-hmm. Which is why we're here. Now, you said you wanted, and you were a bartender. Mm-hmm. Or a bartender. Do you still? Like- I, I was. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not anymore. And you said you want a old bar. Do you want, like, an old bar that was in your grandma's basement? Or do you want a brick and mortar bar? No, so I think I want an old, like, mid-century uh, or older. It would have to be pretty, pretty gaudy and beautiful. But just a bar to sit in my kitchen, um, you know, something that's just a pretty cabinet that I could put liquor on and yeah, kind of have a, a bar display. Like another I've got a lot of cool glassware, too, from, like, the 60s and 70s. Like, I really love the 
like the ducks and deer and pheasant mm-hmm. glassware. Mm-hmm. So. Like the milk glass ones? Uh, no, it's just like they're like cocktail wear. Oh, cool. Yeah. We have a milk glass coffee mug with a pheasant on it. That's why I ask. Yeah, fun. My husband, that's his thing when we go anywhere like thrift store or estate sale. He finds the ugliest goddamn coffee mugs and brings them home. So we have quite the collection. Like we That's have, cool, though. I love it. Silly and fun. And it's nice because when I'm traveling, if I go into a cool store and there's a cool coffee cup, I bring it back home to him. And then yeah, that's nice to, to, yeah. to, to collect something because someone really can always find you something. Yes, mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah, you just got to be vocal about it. Yes. Have a wish list sent to people. Yeah, I actually, I don't receive very many mushrooms. I know that sounds kind of weird. I've been collecting for so long that that's shocking. I would assume that people would give me mushrooms more often. Take a note, um, everybody. But yeah, that is kind of weird. I don't, most of my mushrooms are things that I bought myself. Yeah, because that's something I would definitely think that you would be gifted. Yeah. And I mean, and I, I guess I'm not gifted antique mushrooms. Maybe that's like it's just any mushroom, you know, chocolate mushrooms, mine are, or like whatever. Like it's mine are cool. hedgehogs now. <laughs> yeah, people get hedgehogs for me, and so I'll come into work, and there'll be like a little hedgehog at my station. I'm like, oh, do you have a hedgehog? No, no, I want one, <laughs> but they smell bad. Everything smells bad, <laughs> and I, you know, once you're a mom. Like the, I always want like a puppy or something, and I'm like, I don't want to take care of something else right now. They're just like kids. Yeah. yeah I don't is. want, I have a cat and a dog and a husband <laughs> and a toddler. That's enough. And I work and my husband pulls his fair share, but still I'm just like one more thing to make sure they have food and water. Yeah. <laughs> one more thing to keep alive. And I'm, it takes me over the edge. We kind of like rolled into that new rule of like, until our child asks for some pet, this will just wait to bring. Great a idea. What's your animal? This reminds me of the SNL skit of like, they're at the baby shower. And they're like, what's your mom animal? My, wait, animal? Like my... So, well, your thing is mushrooms. Mine is oh, hedgehogs. Oh. Like people associate it with you. What's yours, Jill? I don't have one. I'm boring. You don't have something that people are like, mom would like this? No. I don't. You're like an enigma. I am. And like, no, everybody is always like, you're so hard to shop for. And I'm like, I'm not. Give me a cup of coffee. I'm happy with that. I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. I I don't. No, everybody always tells me I'm super hard to shop for. Mine's from the heart. If someone can make me make me something, uh, that always gets me. Like I'm a crier if someone wants to make me something or like put a little bit of their heart into it. Mm -hmm. It'll get me every time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, and you make one of the sweetest things you make are your window chimes. Oh, yeah. I love making Uh, wind chimes out of garbage and junk. I got to commission you. That's so cool. To make yeah, I'd, I'd love to make you one. They are, they're the cutest things. And don't you have an Instagram for them? I do, but I have not kept up on it for right. years. So, I get it. I know. get it. Yeah. So they're wind chimes made from found knickknacks and objects and kitchen items. And they're just so cool to look at. I got at. a few in the house. So we'll, oh, we'll have yeah, to take some I pictures really of them. Yeah. Because they are, oh, they're just so cute. So what do you and your husband collect together? A vinyl. So he always, he tells me that he never collected vinyl because he knew he'd go broke. But when he met me, it was very easy to collect vinyl because I already had a massive collection of it. <laughs> so now he's like, okay, it's cool. All yeah. right. We can yeah, do this. Yeah. It's now fine. we can bring some pieces <laughs> into it. So that for sure. And, you know, he's cool with my mushroom thing. I down, I downsized my mushroom collection big time. Uh, cause it was just a lot for him. It was overwhelming. So I kind of only collect the merry mushroom now. Mm-hmm. 
but he's been really cool about that. Uh, you know, helping me find those few little pieces that I want. Right. Yeah, I do. Cause I have that kind of hoarder mentality too, where I'm just like, if I find something cool, I have to get it. Yeah. I didn't like you, when you start collecting something specific, you're like, well, I just have to have them all. It's, yeah. No, all of them. It's fine. <laughs> no, this, I'm going to build a shelf for it. It's going to be okay. <laughs> And I like if I put up one more gallery wall in my house or another shelf with knickknacks, my husband is gonna <laughs> just change the locks. I'm certain because he's like, or he'll do this thing. Oh my god! I have a cruel stitch rooster and chicken that I bought in an estate sale. It's on muslin. It's really cool, heavy chain stitch. I'm so into chain stitching. It is hung on our wall for four weeks, five weeks, a month. He comes into the living room the other day and he goes, did you just get that rooster picture? <laughs> it's in the entryway. So and literally he sees this thing like Okay, my husband is day. like 6'1". Yes. There's, no, there's no way he can miss it. And it's so obvious. It's super obvious. And he goes, when did you? And I just sat up and looked at him like, what the fuck? And I'm like, how do you, do you walk around the house with your eyes shut? <laughs> like it's been there for four weeks. And he's like, no, it hasn't. Yes, it has. Everybody else has seen it. Oh, well, I like it. Great. I'm glad that. Well, I'm glad you approve. <laughs> we'll just play I Spy. I'm going to make you a scavenger hunt throughout the year, and you've got to figure out the 10 Please things I really, put in the house. Really, you could just keep buying, and he'll never notice until after a month. As long as I don't put it in a gallery wall. Yeah, Brian's to the, he, he says, one in, one out. Oh, so. oh ooh. I know. Ew. I don't think I like that. You can that keep rule. a box He's in my garage, wrong. too. <laughs> he goes out of town quite frequently (laughs) yeah you can keep it i'll just make a storage unit in my garage please we'll temperature control it yeah and you can just be like hey i'm coming over to swap some stuff out i'm like dope here's the keypad all this cool shit sam bought me (laughs) (laughs) sam is buying you guys a lot of van she sure is like she's so nice (laughs) well she does the podcast now so i mean it's like pr for her she just has to she write this shit off right probably yeah i just i bought it as a lot just all of this mushroom stuff yeah it just was a surprise you like guests and my husband won't even notice that i have it he's not even gonna see it so speaking of estate sales we do this thing at the end of the show Um, it makes Jill crazy because I make the choices really hard. We do a virtual estate sale, an imaginary walkthrough. And I I pair it around the things you collect. So you have to choose some, make some pretty life and death decisions. All right. All right. All right. So we're down in what some would say the best place to estate sale and dig. We're in Arizona. Okay. We got, we got a big weekend ahead of us. There's 75 sales we got to hit. We're hydrated. We rented a minivan. We're going for it, okay? It's hot as shit. Okay, we're walking through the Snowbird neighborhood sale. The first house we come to is this cute little couple. They have a tidy collection. They've really pared it down when they moved down south, okay? They have a, it's memorabilia and souvenirs from their travels. They've traveled everywhere. They have on their table, you can only pick one or the other. <laughs> Jill's already like, son of a bitch. I hate you so much. <laughs> Magnets or vintage pins? Magnets. I definitely collect vintage magnets. What's going home with you, Jill? I don't know. Probably the vintage pins. It's going to be hard for me because I wear pins on my apron at work. Yeah, pins, that that would be hard because pins are so wonderful. You yeah. really can put them on anything. Because I like to get them and like I could turn use them, them as like, the, like on my cork boards. Use oh, them shit. To, yeah. 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 
And I love fucking weird magnets. I do too. When I when I have a client that's traveling to somewhere new, I'm like, will you find me the weirdest, ugliest magnet you find? It is yet to disappoint me. Yeah. I yeah. love magnets too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, all right. We found our spoils there. We're going to the next house because it's in this, the cute little trailer neighborhoods, you know, that oh, they the all best. live in. Yeah. The next house belongs to a woman. She has cotton candy blonde hair spun up into a beehive. Nice. She is very tan. Still wears that blue eyeshadow. She's got a lot of gold jewelry on. Costume. Okay. She smokes. Uh, Palm Malls. Palm Mall 100s. Okay. She collected some of the finer things. All right. We see immediately two of your super boner items. We have turquoise jewelry or hand-tooled leather. Jewelry. Yeah. Jewelry. That was an easy decision. Yeah. I think I'd go jewelry, too. Jewelry is forever yeah. to me. So classic. Yeah, and there's probably she probably she has some good shit. Yeah. You can't go wrong with turquoise jewelry. Though. She's happy with what we bought too. Yeah. I bet she is. She hovered over us at because the Because we were buying left and right. Yeah. She yeah. was like, God dang. All right, last house on the tour. It's this cute little old hippie. He was a musician. He's traveled. And he has brought down just a couple crates of his favorite vinyl records. And he let us sit there and dig through all of them. And he brought some out from the house because he realized you were super into it. The two By you- the way, people will do that. You just have to ask. Oh, I love like, oh. Very frequently people will be like, no, but I got some downstairs. You're like, hell yeah, bro. Oh, yeah. You're like, Bring them out. Right. All right. Sorry to interrupt. No, it's okay. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Hey, that's a good tip to know. Hot tip. Hot tip. Write it down. <laughs> so sh- he brings out this crate. You're digging through it and you come across two. Is a David Bowie Ziggy Stardust album or a Dolly Parton album with Jolene? I just, I didn't have to say it was fair, Jill. <laughs> they have to be hard choices because this is hard for me. What do you, it's hard for me too. Um, classic, both classic albums. Probably because I'm so into the classic country right now, I would pick the Dolly Parton album. What about you, Jill? I don't know. <sighs> This is what's going to break us up in the end. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Uh, I'd probably go. They're fiction. Okay. David Bowie, probably. That's who I'm. He was a part of my sexual awakening in the labyrinth. Oh, I I like that. I like that. (laughs) Well, for instance. I mean, I just like it. I had an epiphany. We have. I have the worm tattooed. You do. He was. I watched that movie. I have seen that movie probably I 300 just, times. He just had the it. best voice. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm doing this. Do you know Nate Gutter? Yeah. So he was David Bowie. Uh, well, the year that David Bowie died, right? Oh, God. Perfect. Uh, and he made the perfect, the perfect Bowie ever. I, there's a, I have two specific David Bowie memories that have nothing to do with David Bowie. So the first one is my first drag show I ever went to. One of the drag queens out of Pocatello did Bowie. Yes, as I've seen, yes, I've seen her. I was screeching like a banshee. <laughs> I had had maybe a couple black opals. Um, okay, what a fun classic drink. Yeah, yeah. And one I we call them black outles because I uh-huh. don't remember writing home with the people I went with. <laughs> yes. So I screeched. Okay. I was so stoked about it. Oh, what was the other one? Oh. The other one is uh, trigger warning. There's a mention of some light drug use. I, the first time I did Molly, the next day was when David Bowie died. 
and I had rolled the night before. And so I had no serotonin left to like work through the emotions of losing David Bowie. We were in the car getting Taco Bell and I opened my phone and it was like, David Bowie's passed away at blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, oh God. I can't even cry. I can't even, I had nothing left. (laughs) I was just like a piece of Velcro. My friend was like, she looks at me, she's like, what's up, man? And I was like, David Bowie died. So now I remember the first time I did Molly was the day before David Bowie died. So it's this terrible. So it's like the two step first really and only. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. And it was uh, devastating to say the least. Maybe I'll work through it later in my life. I'll actually sit down and go through those emotions. Uh, well, thank you for being on our show. Yes, today. Thanks thank for having so me. Much. This has been really fun. Thanks. I can't yeah. wait to let everybody hear about the cool shade collect. We're going to post some pictures up of all of Donnie's great antiques here at her house at the Mothball Prophecies original on Instagram. We'll make sure to get the wind chimes, the merry mushrooms. Stick around for Curio Corner where we're going to dive deep into what these collections actually are. Bye. Yeah. Bye. She is, there's just something about her spirit that really makes it feel like she did belong in the 60s or 70s. Uh, Yeah. Like her personality was totally like chill. Yeah. And I've always, and she's always been that way. It's not something she's, well, she's definitely evolved into her true self for sure. Mm -hmm. But she has always had that presence about her that you just felt accepted when you're around her yeah like there was no judgment no nothing and it was just she was another one of those people that i just kind of wanted to sit there and listen to her talk right like hand her a bedtime story and just be like one of those calm apps <laughs> just, <laughs> just like, lull me to sleep just please. Me. it's comforting and her house is absolutely adorable and it's in this beautiful mid-century neighborhood here in town oh my god that neighborhood i love that neighborhood so much and her interview was the one we refer to in um linda's episode episode Uh uh-huh uh four and uh we this was the day that we heard about trench art two days the first time so we don't cover trench art in today's curio corner um because we cover it a couple episodes back so if you're unfamiliar with what trench art is Jump a couple episodes back. Yeah. We go into it. It's very, very cool. Yeah. And I, when she first said it, I was just like, I've never heard of it. And then Linda mentioned it. And I was like, okay, we got to watch. We got to look this up. Jill and I looked at each other across the table. <laughs> like, how did we hear about this? Never in our entire lives before today. Yeah. And then hear about it twice in one day. That's the universe telling us we needed to look it up. I guess so. And we sure did. And we did it on the way to Linda's interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this one wasn't there. We didn't talk in like about a lot of um, stuff that isn't super well known. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because she mentioned the Mary Mushrooms, which at first I was like, I don't know what that is. But then I looked it up. My great grandma had several pieces of the Mary. Like I remember she had um, a cookie jar Mm-hmm. And then like the canisters. Yeah. And Donnie has both of those. And I was, you know, I went down looking this stuff up and, you know, it was interesting to find information for this because there mm-hmm. wasn't one direct source. No, there wasn't. It was like 30 different places across the Internet to find just enough about it. Well, and it wasn't made for very long either. No, it's very cool. Yeah. So the Mary Mushroom Collections 
from Corningware and sold in partnership with Sears was sold for a short period of time, only two years from 1975 to 1977. The Mary Mushroom collection continued but was specifically style was only sold for two years. The collection included autumn colors of yellow, orange, brown, and green with whimsical mushroom imagery and shapes. The tops of the Mary Mushroom canister were unique in a way they mimic their namesake, the mushroom, with the dimpled tops made of glass from for the casserole dishes in the scalloped edges of the canisters. There is no denying what they were made to look like. Sears has a long history of providing every every damn thing you could ever want to purchase for sale in the stores, which I remember. It's like, oh, yeah, stop at the underwear. Oh, I need to get a coffee pot. Right, or the my my grandpa would take us and we'd get the tires changed and then just go fucking wander around yeah. Sears for three and hours. And you remember the big-ass holiday catalog. Yes. <laughs> I would sit, my grandparents would get it every year, uh-huh. and we would go over, and I circled that son of a bitch like we lived in a mansion. I know, I did too. My sister and I were just like... Oh, oh, we need three of these and uh, yeah. two of those. Yeah. And oh, yeah. oh, I'll get you this too. Like I Dog had the, the money. Page. Like I was buying it. Then I'd pass it back to my grandparents <laughs> or my mom and be like, here, here are my requests, <laughs> parentals. Be like, I circled everything I wanted. And by everything, I mean everything. Yeah, no stone left unturned. <laughs> then I took a second pass to go back through and get the shit I overlooked. Yeah, and then it was the you, the shit you went back for. It was like, really need that but mm, we're gonna exchange this doll set for this uh creepy crawly maker machine (laughs) i changed my mind santa heads up dude i actually don't want that one i know and you'd put like a huge ass x through it gigantic (laughs) and then you had to now i understand why my mom always rolled her eyes because then we'd come back and i would start to then go through the litany of my requests for these gifts and shoot. Oh, I know. Because now it was, this time it's the Target toy book for my kids. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, Psh, you ain't getting half this shit. You don't even know what a fucking Christmas catalog is. Be like, <laughs> Get out of my face. <laughs> but so, um, but you could literally decorate your whole house. Whole house. Whole house. Because they had... Not only did they have canisters, spice racks, bakingware, utensils, they also had rugs, curtains, kettles, coffee cups, plates, bowls, pots, and pans. <laughs> this reminds me of when you were talking about your grandma, how she had that whole, she wanted the whole decor for everything. Oh, God, right. Yeah, and she would have, <laughs> everything had to connect. She would have most definitely put mary mushrooms from <laughs> everywhere go i feel bathroom. like they should bring this back right there should be like let's nobody steal that idea we're gonna do a revival of I like know. old patterns that we miss <laughs> but so but today um since they were only made for two years the mary mushroom is highly sought after and extremely collectible Current price as of August 31st of 2020 for a Mary Mushroom coffee pot is listed on eBay for $125 and a butter dish is for $29.95. And that coffee pot is not a coffee pot that like you set on the stove. It's the same like uh, ceramic material that everything else is made out of. That's the crazy part out of all. (laughs) 
I'm like, this is terrifying. I wouldn't. Then they had a couple that were like kettles that would like percolate. Yeah. And but those I actually want. The one that was for 125 was the ceramic I, one. And I was like, I wouldn't even pay to ship that to my goddamn house. <laughs> It'd be broken. I know. Like, I just remember I when I grew up, because my great grandma had, I just thought it was like a cookie jar and canisters. Mm-hmm. And then when we went to Donnie's house, I was like, I feel like she was robbed. Mm-hmm. Like she Well, just... and then she had the the wallpaper that somebody found oh, for her at yeah. the youth ranch. Yeah. That was inside of this cute window they have, but they had it inset. This I don't. I think it was Mary Mushroom, but it was mushroom specific. It was mushroom, but it looked like it could have been. I it, mean, it wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't. No, and yeah, like googling all of that, I was like, wow, there was everything. And for those of you like Sears and Roebuck Company, in its heyday, supplied everything. Everything from you could buy an entire kit house. Yeah, I forgot about All that. the way down to clothings, tack, housewares. It was it was everything. One day we, I want to do an episode on the Sears Roebuck houses and Craftsman yeah. houses. Because it is fascinating. Another fascinating aspect of this interview that is now quite literally one of my favorite things is going to be introducing Jill and most of you to Guar. Yes, please. <laughs> I cannot be the only one who has never heard of this. I, when I was writing this up, I was laughing and like laugh crying because it's so ridiculous. (laughs) And like thinking back to when I was listening to this, I would have been like eight or nine years old. So, and Guar, these sources come from Guar.net and Wikipedia. And some YouTube stuff. there is a Guar.net. I know. I love that they went with .net (laughs) instead of .com. Like it's, and it all makes sense, really. When you again, get to- so when Sam was nine, when she heard this, I was nineteen, and I was listening to hard rap. Just know that. Okay? So you would have been a picture of me. You were the same age as my brother. Yeah, sitting in my car or your car, to playing this for your sibling. It when we get to the end, it's oh shit. And um, I, I, I don't want her. I'm going to start with the basics because I don't want Jill or you guys to just completely like check out on me or burst into hellfire (laughs) um i have omitted some facts about guar lore and if you google them i that's your own responsibility disclaimer sounds Uh, like it's not safe for work people yeah nsfw don't google this at work (laughs) put your phone on incognito it's not that bad but oh uh, yeah it is i don't know The fact that you omitted it tells me it's super bad. This is true. I forget my own <laughs> golden compass of morality. Okay. So, Guar, they're a heavy metal band formed in Richmond, Virginia in 1984. And Guar is composed of a revolving door of musicians and artists and filmmakers known as Slave Pit, Inc. But following the death of their frontman, Odorous Arungus... Jill's face is fantastic right now. In 2014, Guar continued on without any original members. And Guar is easily identifiable by their costuming because in the Guar world, they are interplanetary warriors that came to Earth to save Earth or to take over Earth. What the fuck? So their costuming or what they look like as beings is head to toe special effects. So their bodies aren't covered in special effects, but their faces like masks and it's like different bits of like 
tendrils and skin and there's chains and leather and helmets and big spikes and why is this a thing kind of bdsm centric things. oh my why in some aspect because i apparently was missing in 1984 because they came to save us jill or did well could they fix the pandemic probably they probably started it they're probably happy about it um, so they had the the battle armor, essentially, is what they're wearing, because they're supposed to look like these interplanetary warriors. And they're, it's highly thematic and visual. Like, their stage shows have an entire theme to them that runs front to back. And to say they're shock rock is, like, the biggest understatement of 2020. A guar concert, it's not an experience. It's a baptism into the world of guar, quite literally. Because... And just a little disclaimer for this next part. It's kind of rough. Audience members can expect to be sprayed with fake blood, fake semen, and fake urine, among other things. Okay, my let- nurse self is like, oh my God. Jill, the look, uh, let me just describe what's happening in the car right now. <laughs> Jill is looking at me like, what the fuck are you doing? It's exactly why is this a thing? She's looking at me like a disappointed father right now. She is pissed off. <laughs> so, okay. But, Jill, it's not real. It's just powdered food coloring and water. So so they make you think. And then it, it comes off easily. It's meant to flake off and wash off really easily, Dad. Flake We're going to be fine. Is it gonna, is I have it? my friends going with me. Okay. <laughs> We're going to be fine. And since the band's creation, they have released 13 studio albums, two live albums, and numerous singles, among other recordings. And they have sold over 820,000 records in the U.S. And they just came out with a new album this year. And I'm going to show Jill um, a live Guar concert video. You know, as a nurse, I say, I've seen it all. Nothing shocks me. I lied. I lied. And then you meet Sam. And then and I like, learn about Guar. And I... Sam... Okay, everybody should see Sam's face. It's like a child going into a toy store right now. She's so giddy. I have... I'm trying to find a good one, okay? I am filled with glee. <laughs> I'm filled with glee. Um, this is... I feel like I'm showing my age right now is what I'm feeling like. I'm not going to say the title just because oh, it's... Geez. I'm going to fast forward a little bit. What... The fuck. Okay, so it is. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I'm gonna fast forward again. It's the beginning of the. What are we doing? Oh. Oh. Okay. Well, they just ripped that, a head off. That's a thing. That's a that's a thing we're doing. I fast forward a little bit more. Oh, please do. Oh, there's the blood. <laughs> and intest. Oh, sweet Jesus above. Huh. Why? Uh, for the listeners at home, we're currently watching uh, a cannon of fake blood spray over Feuding. the crowd. Like, and everybody's like, yeah. Yeah, it's very it. similar to, I think, um, Juggalos with Fago. <laughs> <laughs> but it's for Guar. Oh, please show me. What Just one more. Hell? Just one more. So he's got, we're looking at some. What? That is. I'm not sure what's happening. I don't think I want to know. Oh, what? No, no. Yep. Nope. It's gonna happen. He's Big bag of nopes on this one. Yeah. I love how the security guy in the video is got like um, rain, a rain poncho. poncho. 
Smart dude. And there's some some uh Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh. It's a huh. little phallic. Well. Hung like a horse is what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> yeah, and it's um yeah, there's yeah. the canon aspect of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So for reference, guys, it is not even nine o'clock in the morning. No, and I'm not really I'm not what you would call a religious person, but I feel like I should go to church right now and repent something. So you're saying it's it it's art. It moved you in some way. It it did in some way. I don't think in the way they would hope. Oh, so yeah. But that thank is, you. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome, listeners. You know, and okay, their antics aside, their music is not bad. <laughs> yeah. If you can get past the antics. The visuals and some of the lyrics. Like if I just listened like on, you know, a CD or whatever, then yeah, I'd be like, oh, this isn't too bad. But then like. You would see it, and then you'd be like, Yeah, so that's what my brother was playing for me as a child. Well, (laughs) to be honest, I don't know if that's that's not much worse than hard rap. No. Well, and it's funny that you had never heard of them, because they were large at the time you would have been, like, exposed to popular music. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, I don't, to each his own. That's what I'm going to say. I am just going to say to each his own, if you enjoy that, good for you. I'm that cool mom that lets you ex- experiment within terms. But don't bring that shit to my house. Don't bring it. My mom doesn't want to hear it, guys. <laughs> she doesn't. And the the last thing, I'll have you read it because it's heartbreaking know, This for is me. a hard one for you. Yeah. So we also talked about David Bowie. And both Sam and Donnie were huge, huge fans. He, like he was definitely like a cornerstone of my development, like aesthetically. Yeah, I mean, and maybe sexually. <laughs> I mean, you know, he was a part of the awakening. He was. He was a part of the awakening for a lot of people. But um, unfortunately, David Bowie died in Jan on January tenth of t- twenty sixteen. After his 18-month battle with liver cancer, his death came as a surprise to fans and friends alike as they had kept David's sickness from the world. He released his 25th studio album just days before passing. It coincided with his 69th birthday. David was cremated with his ashes spreading, spread according to the Buddhist, Buddhist rituals in Bali, Indonesia. Which is like he, so it's similar to what we just learned about with Chadwick Boseman. Oh, okay. That one hit me hard. Yeah. And, you know, it's a great reminder and you truly do not know what somebody is going through. No. And uh, I mean, when somebody's having a bad day, there's probably a reason for it. Right. And you have to look at it as how can I make their day better? Yeah. And And to think that like, and props to... The people in their lives that kept these things a secret from the world. Yeah. Because a story like that would pay somebody a pretty penny. Yeah. And I I think that's the hard... I, I feel bad for celebrities a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Because they don't get to experience stuff like we do. No, they don't get to just be like a they fly on the They don't just wall. to be like enjoy the birth of their child or, ex, you know... Or the death of a family member. of a family yeah. member. Like they're constantly in the spotlight and the fact that his family had kept it close and looking back now through the stuff what like the words he said you could just tell like yeah it's tragic yeah 
tragic. And it's just, you know, I, yeah, I wish that, and it's, it's, you know, it's something we all work on, you know, and celebrities, you know, they ask for a little bit of it by being in the public eye, but they don't ask for all of their privacies to be strung out. Nobody does. Nobody wants that. I don't want you to know. I mean, I show a certain person on the outside and that's what I want you to just focus on people. Right. Right. (laughs) And it's, you know, and we've talked about too, just the difference in, um, like the two of us here versus the two of us professional life wise. And this is generally, this is a lot closer to who we are. Yeah. Yeah. I Almost can't. Almost 100%. I can't is, be this way. No, I can't. I can't play guar for my clients at work. Well, no. Nobody should play guar for anybody. Please don't. <laughs> so um, one of the cool things that happened this week is we got a awesome. Oh, my God. Listener antique. So cool. So cool. So we got this really great listener email, and we can't wait for you guys to hear it. Yes, and if you have something that you have like a little quirky item or whatever, you got handed down some fun heirloom, write us a little ditty on it. Or something that scared the shit out of you as a kid. Yeah. Whatever it is, we seriously, we want to hear about whatever you guys collect. So please send them to our email at curios at mothballprophecies.com. Or send us a message on Instagram at the Mothball Prophecies Original. We post all of the pictures of the antiques we talk about in today's show and the stuff we talk about in the Curio Corner, both on our Facebook and Instagram at the Mothball Prophecies Original. And then we mostly just talk shit on our Twitter at Mothball Mavens, if yeah. you're interested. That's the real us. That's us. <laughs> um, this is from Brianna. Hi. I don't have many details, but my mom inherited a shrunken head from her parents when they moved into assisted living. Her parents have both now passed, but it is from when they lived in Venezuela. Last time I was home, she had it in a box in the formal dining room. There is no way my brother wants it, so I'm totally inheriting it. (laughs) I want to know what level you get to where you're like, this is shadow box worthy. I love the fact that there's a shrunken head staring out over Thanksgiving dinner. You know, I would totally enjoy that too, especially when you have the guests you don't really want yes. to come over. Because then they're going to be like, why is that there? And I'll be like, oh, this is my great uncle Harry. <laughs> and, you know, we just, we couldn't part. We were like the best of friends. And I just need him here with me every holiday. I was curious to see how different custom laws are now. That her grandparents came back from Venezuela with human tissue. And they were just like, oh, yeah, no, totally. Yeah, you're good. Well, and, you know, those cultures down there, it's like, how do you you just like walk into a marketplace? And they're like, I, I need that kind of backstory. Like, oh, we were out for a little jaunt. We got some yummy food. We picked up a head. And- we just got, you know, your run of the mill. Well, that's the thing. I'm like, what's the history behind this thing? Like, is it an actual, like, headhunter shrunken head? Or was it during that horrible trade where people were making shrunken heads for the tourist business? Yeah. Well, and I love that her mom inherited it. And now she's inherited. I love that she is owning it. And it's like, he doesn't want it. I'm totally taking I'm it. I'm going to take it in the shadow box. Brianna, we want to know what you named him. If he has a name, <gasps> I need to know this name. Right. Because I would not name it. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I would I would name a shrunken head. I would, even if it wasn't even a real one. I mean, I name inanimate objects all the time. I, you know what? 
I do too. It's just, I we don't have any antiques that cool in my house. I don't. I'm trying or to in my think. grandmother's house. Or I've never found anything that cool. Like now, I'm going to be looking for shrunken heads everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, we've seen like you know little stuffed squirrels. And well, yeah, I'm all for vintage taxidermy, which I don't know if you should call a shrunken head taxidermy. What would you call it? I don't know. I'll have to Google it. We'll have to Google some some information on shrunken heads. Yes. Thanks, Brianna, for bringing that because now we have tons more questions we need answered. <laughs> and Sam's going to fall down a rabbit hole. <laughs> I did not know I was going to start the morning with a shrunken head story and then a Google rabbit hole, which I mean, that's a normal. That's a nine to five. It is. <laughs> that's a nine to five. All right. Well, thanks, Brianna, for that. Yes, love it. We that's the kind of stuff we want, people. We wanted to take a second to thank the listeners that left us a review this week. Huge, gigantic shout out to K. Ash on Apple Podcasts, Flegel, El Camino, Insane Kate, and we got another one last night. But I, it's not really a name you can say. It's like was numbers. But thank you guys so much for your reviews. We really love them. We appreciate them, and it helps other people. Know that the show's good. Yeah. Yeah. And if you share about us on your Instagram, and your Instagram is public, if you share us in your stories, we'll send you a sticker. Yes. We're happy to send the sticker. Love to. And again, I hope that everybody finds some cool shit this week. And don't forget to look under the tables. We're not going to tell you again, okay? We probably will. We will. Because we're that mom. Yeah. Look where you left it. It's where you left it last. (laughs) Bye. Bye.